Hey everybody, I'm Ralston Dakenai. And I am Manny Valladares. And you're listening to Beach Weekly Sports, a podcast by the Daily 49er at Long Beach State. Beach Weekly! How's it going, Manny? Dude, it's been pretty lit, honestly. I'm also excited about this podcast in particular because I feel like we're going to have a lot to talk about. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, let's just jump, jump right into it, you know. Um, tonight's a pretty busy night because we're actually about an hour and a half away from a big home game for Long Beach State men's basketball. Yeah. It's going to be uh, the ring ceremony for men's volleyball. And we'll actually dive into that a little bit later. Uh, yeah. So for now, uh, why don't you talk about your archery piece? I wanted to showcase a team, a club in particular, that I thought was very interesting because uh, the thing with archery club is that every time I sort of come into school, I always see them practicing. I see a certain subsection of them shooting some arrows, like a bunch of guys being dudes, you know? And I felt pretty compelled just to like see what's up and like talk to them. So uh, I ended up talking to three people. You know, one of them was the president, Michelle Wynn, and then uh, the treasurer, Will Ritchie. But then I was also talking to their coach, Jason Connor, who is like a complete ball of energy. He just really knows how to put people at ease. And you could really tell with the all like the players there too, because he would give them pointers and he would really talk to them like human beings. And I feel like in a area like that, that's like a very prized trait that you could have, which I even like go into in my story because I feel like it's very fascinating to see a club that although like, don't get me wrong, they're trying to win. It's a sport after all, but they seem to be more in it for like the camaraderie and like the friendships that have come because of it. So were you able to actually like watch them pull back their bows and like shoot some arrows? Yeah, I got to see them practice pretty much. It was pretty fun because, uh, you know, they're pretty much practicing for like tournaments. They're experiencing and preparing like the same exact way that they would. They would have like 30 arrows and they just like go at it and just like, you know, take on targets for the most part. And like they'd maybe do like four or five. And after that, they would just like go get their arrows and start going again. There's three factions, or at least like three different types of arrows that they use, which is like bare bone, compound, and then um, can't remember the other one. But uh, all of them pretty much entail their own uh, their own like type of style, and they also have like different difficulties as well. Well, I think the most difficult one would be like the bare bow, because when like everyone from that group, they'd be like, yeah, we'd be lucky just to get like so and so like this many points like let's say like out of 10 like if we were to get seven out of 10 that's great but literally with like the other two groups if they were to get anything less than like a nine it's disappointing which is pretty funny because like the thing that sort of separates the bare bow from like the other ones are the fact that the bare bow is like literally just like bare bones like the just the generic sort of thing what you would think of as like a a bow and arrow Mm -hmm. uh do you know where they actually like shoot their bows on campus you said you saw them yeah. in the soccer field so it's called george allen mm-hmm. so like around that sort of area is where they practice because they need like the kind of right good amount of space so they could get their shots up right yeah the reason why i was asking that is because like yeah you know you don't really think much of you know archery like as yeah. an actual yeah. sport but you know it's an actual olympic sport uh, you know you have to calculate the wind resistance i'm sure and yeah there's a lot that goes into you know just taking that shot you know much like golf and stuff that just sounds insane. So it was just a, like a cool profile of the entire club as a whole? Yeah, I feel like the people that I got did a really good job of sort of exemplifying what the whole team was because even from like the interactions that I was seeing from other people, 
it seemed that everyone was on the same page and had the same kind of vibe going on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What was the most interesting thing you took away from each of your interviews? I'd say the most compelling for me was probably from the treasurer. When I was talking with him, uh, Will Ritchie, he was just sort of talking about his story and how he's like a political science major. You know, the club's really giving them a purpose. I don't know, like, it was pretty much just like, it's it, like, it's a connection for me. Like, I came and started shooting, like, the people there. And really, it's the people. It's not so much yeah. archery itself, but, like, just being, like, a part of the team, like, being part of, like, it's like a family almost. Like, that's what really made it, like, super fun. Maybe really want to come back. All right, so speaking of uh, stories and Profiles. finding a purpose. Yeah, nice little transition there. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm here to talk about my profile on men's basketball sophomore center trevor irish the man's seven feet tall 230 pounds he's a Maine native and he transferred from central arizona but the main thing was during my initial encounter with him um, it was really interesting because you know i was talking about like how's your transition going you know this is yeah. like during training camp um and like the main thing was he was like you know, like moving around, not being home, like it's pretty easy for me because I grew up in foster care. You know, like there's nothing listed on his profile or anything about that. And so it was really cool that he was able to like share that. At first I was kind of confused. Initially when I got picked up, it was in second grade. I thought I was going to like, was one of my sisters and it was some random lady who's a social worker. So I was just really confused. And like I said, I was seven years old too. So I didn't know all the details. And then as I got older, it started to make a little bit more sense, like what was going on. But uh, probably like one of the difficult parts was having to explain like why I don't live with my family. Like I live with some people that I don't call mom or dad. I guess that was that was a thing because like I said, I was seven and it was until I was in eighth grade. So I was like other kids, I have to explain that too. You know, he has a pretty compelling journey where he came from, you know, growing up in Maine and just having to go through that experience. And then he had a pretty insane uh, growth spurt from the ages of 11 to 18. The dude told me that like, he pretty much grew shoe sizes and wore the same shoe as his age. So each year it would just go up and up. And like eventually he told me it was just, it was just insane to find shoes because, you know, at that point when you're 17 plus and you're like a teenager, it's like, what yeah. the heck, man? <laughs> um, so he would actually like take the insoles out of his shoes. Wow. You know, I'm really thankful that he allowed me to learn from his story and uh, see how he, you know, ended up as a part of this program. And, you know, the dude's no slouch either for basketball. Yeah. He's only been playing three years of organized basketball. Wow. Yeah. But the dude um, in his first year during high school as a senior, he had a game where he had 16 rebounds in front of the Long Beach State assistant coach, Sinek Carey. And then after that, he went to uh, Juco, where he played a year, dominated, and then he verbally committed to the beach but then decided to return for a year. And that's kind of where, um, you know, the story took a little bit of a downturn because he hurt his back and he was only able to play three games. And then coming here to Long Beach this summer, uh, he had hurt his hamstring. You know, the injuries mount up and at that point it had been about two years since he last played. Yeah. But it was cool. He talked about how the coaching staff, you know, they reinstilled their trust in him and his recovery process. And so far, so good. You know, he's played in all four games for the beach so far. And he's going to be a big part of this team going forward. You know, first seven-footer for the program in eight years. Yeah. Long Beach has, in recent years, not had that big post presence. And I feel like a lot of uh, LB Nation, whether you're a donor, whether you're a casual fan, you know, it's going to be awesome to have that seven-footer out there and, you know, repping the beach. 
what do you see when you look at his game? Like, is there anything in particular that stands out to you? Because, I don't know, like, from seeing Homecoming, like, the dude's pretty energetic mm -hmm. and pretty, like, I mean, not even, like, vocal, but he's, like, very smart in regards to, like, the movements that he has. But I don't know. That might just be me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say the main thing is, you know, you and I both know, everybody knows that the game is, you know, stretching out to that three-point line. And, like, yeah. everybody needs to be able to shoot and be able to extend the floor. You know, all the other, he's a seven-footer. 230 pounds is cool because they're actually like you know allowing him to work on that jump shot they're not being um, frugal with him at all you know during after practice this man's always getting up shots free throw uh, mid-range sometimes even three so he's a sophomore so he has plenty of years to go here at the beach yeah and you know i'm excited to see where his game can take him he started for the first game at ucla and uh, since then joshua morgan's kind of gotten a nod just because of his defensive focus yeah, and Morgan's much more of a shot blocker and a rebounder. But, you know, Trevor Irish, you can't replace his size. You know, the dude's seven feet. Like, not many programs have that at all. So it's just awesome to have a, a dude that big on our team, you know, whether it just be in warm-ups, you know, when he comes out. People are wowed by that guy, you know? Yeah. And um, in regards to, like, the people that you talked to that weren't Trevor, like, what sort of, like, thing did you get from them that you found to be the most compelling? So from uh, the assistant coach, uh, Kerry, or Coach Q, he was the guy who initially scouted Irish, um, where he, you know, he dropped that 16 rebound game. Yeah. It's cool because he told me, like, you know, one thing I didn't know initially, uh, now that I do know after the season started, is that, you know, Irish actually is a big time personality. The dude jokes a lot. And, like, you know, you hear about his past and, like, all the challenges that he's been through. And, you know, that hasn't affected him at all. The dude's still being who he is seven feet guy scootering around campus like don't get in that dude's way but at, at the same time like he is a big time personality he's just a chill dude likes to sleep watch youtube videos his main thing is ufc right now so he said if he wasn't a basketball player he'd probably be doing some ufc training so it's just a cool guy to have in your in your locker room for sure all right tonight we're going to men's basketball's uh, home game versus Fresno Pacific at the yeah. Walter Pyramid. All right, fans, let's meet tonight's starting lineups. First, our visitors, Fresno Pacific, the Sunbirds. But it's going to be a pretty interesting affair because at halftime, we're actually going to be witnessing the tribute for the men's volleyball team. You know, of course, going back-to-back. -back. Yeah. NCAA champions, can't forget that. Uh, Manny, you're going to be the beat writer for that team. Yep. How excited are you to see that tonight? I mean, like, honestly, a ring ceremony, like, there, there's never a bad time for a ring ceremony in regards to, like, the, just the vibes. I love it. I'm all about that type of stuff. So, like, seeing that, like, take place, I feel like it's going to be, like, a real big honor. And, like, it's going to be fun to see because, you know, you're going to see people get in their rings, pretty much what they've earned. But then also, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, looking at players who haven't won a ring yet or people who haven't had a role as much. Like getting that ring or just watching others get that ring, I feel like that's going to give them some drive. And it's going to be very interesting to see because after having like people graduate from our program that have been like spectacular and like very instrumental to our success, it's going to be very interesting to see just other players taking up that mantle and just uh, trying to replicate the same kind of magic they had, even if it isn't like exactly the same. Like, as long as it's reaching the same end goal, if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. And, you know, just imagine being someone who's joining a program for the first time this year, you know, just going to this ring ceremony tonight and seeing, like, you know, like this program is legit. Been, they've been the best in the nation the last two years. You know, this coaching staff knows what they're about. 
he just talk about like what this can do for not only men's volleyball but you think like all of the programs that are going to be watching that tonight and see like you know that's the standard for like what long beach wants to see you know yeah honestly and you know considering that's been like the most successful sport that we've had in recent memory at least since we've been here like it's pretty cool to sort of like get a get more of a look at it especially as like beat writers and stuff like that so it'll be fun to see I understand, like, their first home game isn't exactly uh, until January, yeah. so it's still a ways away to go. You know, we're still stuck in 2019. Fortunately. But, uh, yeah, uh, is there anything, any rumblings about, like, any developments going on with the team so far, or are they just yeah. still going through training camp? I mean, as of right now, they've still been going through training camp. Like, they're still trying to get, like, through, like, the thick of things in regards to, like, chemistry stuff and, like, still, like, trying to understand each other, like, as, like, individual players and how they're going to work together as a team and in regards to, like, you know, working with the coaching staff, making sure they can work out those kinks, you know, that they currently have. Not to say that they're, like, major kinks, but, you know, obviously not not every player is going to be perfect. So, uh, yeah, just sort of working with the coaching staff in those regards and just seeing uh, how good of a team they could be at the jump and, of course, at the end of it, trying to see if there's progress made. Because from what it looks like, uh, most people on the team don't really expect to be perfect right away. They want to work up to it. You know, always an admirable goal. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very excited to see that and uh, see them play. All right, LB Nation, I'm just going to finish off the podcast by talking about the upcoming games for the week after Monday, November 25th. So pretty much the only thing we have this week is uh, men's basketball as they return to the Wooden Legacy Tournament, which is taking place in the Honda Center in Anaheim. Uh, on Thursday, November 28th, they will be taking on Providence on Thanksgiving morning, 11 a.m. And then on Friday, they will be back at the Honda Center taking on either Wake Forest or the College of Charleston. And then on Sunday, they will be playing their last Wooden Legacy game, and that matchup will be to be determined. All right, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. This is Ross and Dak and I. Peace out.